Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople. Today, it is my great pleasure to welcome Steve DeMarco to the show. Steve, welcome. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Great to talk to you and, and everybody else. Steve is the Chief Revenue Officer of Lean Data. I'd love to hear from you, just in case I haven't read it and I'm looking for new books. What's your favorite sales book of all time and your key takeaways from the book? Everybody probably knows the movie more than the book these days, but I remember reading the book when it first came out called Moneyball, written by Michael Lewis. The book itself is a little more detailed, and I just love how Michael Lewis talks about the fact that the Oakland A's, which is the subject of the book, and Billy Bean in particular, the general manager of the Oakland A's, made them wildly competitive with teams like the New York Yankees that were spending 4x as much. And he did it such a unique way. He really reinvented the way teams evaluate players and look at statistics, was able to increase his advantage that way. And I think applying those principles to business and sales is so important. The overarching messages, to me at least, were think out of the box. Don't just do things that are status quo. Think of different ways to approach things and use the data in order to really uh, give yourself a competitive advantage. You're at the early part of the year. You're a salesperson or a sales leader and you're staring at a monster quota. How do you manage your way through that? You know, this is dating myself, but this is going to be my, gosh, I think my 27th fiscal year beginning. 27 years now, I've had a number hanging over my head, whether it be as an individual contributor, a manager, or a sales leader. It never gets easier. Every year you stare at this mountain. I think over the years, I've learned to cope with it. And these days, I look at it as a challenge. And so the key for me individually, and then what I'm trying to instill in my team is, okay, we've got this mountain to climb. We've had them before. And we have to have, A, the belief that you can achieve the goal, you can scale the mountain, and B, you have to have a strategy to get there. That's what I see my job as. Get my team to believe they can accomplish the goals and then provide them with the knowledge of the pathway and the support to achieve their goals. At the beginning of the year, most organizations, assuming they're growing and healthy, will take the, if if you're a successful salesperson, your territory gets smaller and your quota gets bigger. How do you keep people motivated, especially people who maybe haven't experienced that before when that first happens to them? You have to instill the belief that even if you are getting a reduced territory, because as companies grow, you know, to your point, hey, territories get smaller and you you have to get more focused. You have to talk to the team and, and instill the team with the belief that they can get there by either, you know, selling a certain way, selling the new accounts, selling more products achieving their number by executing slightly differently than they did the previous year. And, you know, I was at exactly for 12 years and I was the first sales rep there. And I remember I had the whole world as my territory. Some reps might think that's great, but at the same time, there's different challenges. You know, no one knew who we were. Then as we grew and we had, you know, 100 to 150 sales reps in the territory, we had a better solution. We had more stuff to sell. There were more accounts that we had a story for. So, You have to be able to weave that in to get the reps to understand, well, okay, great. I have a bigger number, smaller territory. How do I hit my number? Well, you got to do these things. You have to spell that out to them and make sure that they believe it. When there's just a handful of reps, they can drop a line and 
if the fish bites, you know, they reel it in. If they don't, they move to a new spot and they don't have to kind of stay there and get better at optimizing their fishing tackle. And, you know, there comes a point where they really do have to learn to fish in that patch of sea without moving somewhere else. What are some of the things that, you know, you've done as the organizations you've led have had to go through that transition? How do you actually arm the reps to be successful in that new world? When you are a small company and you have a lot of accounts, you tend to say, well, look, I made a few phone calls, talked to a person, they didn't seem interested, I'm moving on to a different account. And you can do that because there's plenty of accounts out there. But when things get a little tighter and when you're more focused, you have to be able to enable your reps constantly on different tactics and techniques. And so to your point, it's about really making sure they understand the value proposition of the products that you sell. Hopefully you have more to sell. We no longer just talk to one individual in a company. I'm trying to impress upon the team. It's like, look, if you get shut down by someone over here in marketing ops, talk to the sales operations side, talk to the sales leadership side, talk to finance. How have you done that before? Because I know it can be very intimidating if someone shuts you down. You know, there's a temptation to disqualify the account. What are some of the ways you continue to work the account without kind of running into that person again? One of the things that I try and instill into my team is the concept of persona, you know, and, and different value propositions by persona. And really just looking at it from the perspective of, you know, hey, if there's one person in the company in, in one department, say sales ops, that maybe isn't interested for whatever reason right now, timing may be off, they may have different priorities at this point. So they kind of put you off saying that's fine, but then moving to another part of the organization and training our sales reps to talk, you know, to the different personas, and you usually have to approach them differently. There's slightly different value propositions. And it's not only from department to department, for example, sales ops to marketing ops in Lean Data's case, but it's also from, you know, an operation staff level person to an executive. And one of the things that are important to them, and, and I think it's really important that sales executives are trained on how to talk to those different personas and express the value based on what that persona cares about. I was thinking as you were talking about a two-by-two of value prop existing and new and then persona existing and new, right? So, I mean, your core ICP is, right, your existing value prop to your existing persona. So let's say you want to take that value prop to a new persona. Is that something you think that you need either product specialists or other resources to help the AEs on the deal or are they equipped as long as it's the same value prop? To the new persona? I think subject matter expertise is important in a few aspects here. For example, just determining what that persona cares about and really helping articulate the value. But at the same time, to your point, Jeremy, I think it's important that the reps need to be able to articulate those things. They, so, so subject matter expertise, certainly um, to help craft those messages to the different personas. And to your point about subject matter experts, yes, absolutely, they're important to help craft the message. And then if you do get a meeting with someone in that persona, bringing them in at the right time also helps. Under what circumstances do you feel the need to add some sort of overlay resource, right? Like a product specialist, you know? trying to go it with your existing account executives, even with enablement, is unlikely to succeed. I always think back to my days selling hardware, for example. We used to sell these high-end computers into different verticals. And so those verticals were very specific. It was, you know, gaming companies, certain companies were manufacturing companies that used those computers for design. Others were biotech and pharmaceutical companies where you're selling to PhDs and 
You know, we weren't expected to be experts in each of those specific fields. So we would bring in subject matter experts to be able to talk the talk and build credibility. And when you're expanding into specific verticals, I think that's really important. Salespeople may get their accounts shifted around at the beginning of the year. What things do you do to help your salespeople understand you know, which accounts in their patches are the best accounts and prevent them from like navel gazing for too long over looking at their entire patch to find just the right stuff to start with? Ultimately, our goal is to not make changes so incredibly disparate and extreme. But in some years, and this is one of them for lean data in particular, you know, we went through a fairly big change in how we're looking at regions and territories. What we really want to do is help each of those reps, you know, instead of just giving them a territory, you know, with borders and saying, hey, go after it, you know, good luck. We're actually getting much more detailed with each of the account executives. So we're, we're saying, here, here is your territory, but here's all the accounts within the territory. And oh, by the way, based on our definition of our ICP, our ideal customer profile, here's all the accounts in your territory that fit that ICP. And we try and balance the territory so everybody has you know, a somewhat fair and even amount of really good ICP accounts. And we're trying to make sure that they know who those ICP accounts are. We're trying to help them build them out and really get them to focus on the low-hanging fruit, so to speak. So we're going through that extra level, I think, of granularity for each account to, to make sure the reps understand, okay, hey, I do have a lot of opportunity here, and now it's time to get going. There's so much data right out there on technographics and firmographics and blah, you know, just on and on and on. Are you integrating all of that into like a single score or anything like that in order to, to help the reps or, or do they need to look through, you know, that sort of list to find what's the good stuff? We absolutely are trying. We're trying to use different tools to help build out the accounts, to incorporate all the data we can and to apply a score. The problem is, and you stated earlier, is there is a lot more data today, but it's not all perfectly accurate. But conceptually, that's exactly what we're trying to do. I guess to bring things full circle, what parting advice do you have for you know, individual salespeople and sales leaders at the beginning of the year to set themselves up for success? Whenever you're staring at a mountain, uh, it's okay to look at the mountain at a certain point, but it can kind of freak you out a little bit. So at some point, you got to put your head down, look four feet in front of you and start taking steps <laughs> and just start marching forward, you know, and don't stare at the top of the mountain for too long because it can get daunting. Crystallize your goals. Figure out what is it that I'm going to do day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out. And the fact is, hey, you started base camp and there's six camps you have to go to. And so you don't think about necessarily the summit right away. Certainly that's the overarching goal, but you want to get to that next camp. Camp two, camp three, camp four. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. I think that's an apt way to approach this sort of thing. And, and I also like the daily goals piece, which is it's like, yes, you need to take a step, but you need to take the step in the right direction, not just a step in any direction. And that right direction is activities that ultimately yield the results that you want. Huge believer in that. You know, whenever I saw myself facing a pretty big challenge, I would roll up my sleeves and I would say, you know what, for this next two weeks, I'm going to try and talk to 10 key contacts in my different target accounts, or I'm going to build out 20 accounts a day and figure out who I'm going to talk to. And then I'm going to start calling those people. And it was interesting. I would get myself so immersed in those daily and, and sort of weekly tasks. All of a sudden, things started happening. Opportunities started shaping up. 
my pipeline started filling and and it was because of that hard work and focus but that's really it it's it's just crystallizing those goals and good things are going to happen i believe in the sales gods jeremy you know if you do all of those things maybe you will get a bluebird the sales gods say hey look if they're doing all the right things and you're outbounding you're prospecting not only will that produce but you'll probably get lucky as well so it's the combination that gets people to success what we're talking about right now reminds me of a conversation I had just yesterday. It was an SDR who just spent their first, I guess, six months as an account executive, got promoted to account executive. And when they were an SDR, you know, they generated tons and tons of opportunities. And when they became an AE, they basically sort of did the same thing. They were so excessively focused on the quantity of ops that they were generating that they weren't focused enough on the quality of those ops two to three months in when their pipeline is not maturing, right? And they have to close lost it prematurely, they adjusted their way. And it's not activity for activity's sake. It's the activity for the sake of of actually building quality pipeline. That's a big, important concept. I'm trying to really get my sales team to embrace that here. Because again, I've, I've been here for six months now. So, so some of the things I'm bringing to bear with this team are, are somewhat new for them. They're not new concepts overall, but they might be for some of the folks here at Lean Data. And, and that's one of them, which is having a, a, a pipeline full of, quote unquote, just opportunities may make you feel good. But if they're not real opportunities, it's just going to lead to disappointment in the end. So salespeople have to be really objective about an opportunity and, and not treat it like I always say, you know, don't treat it like a Fabergé egg. <laughs> you know, it's not this dainty thing that, you know, you're just so afraid it's going to break. It's like, qualify it, break it, break the egg. Because if it's not a real opportunity, then you don't want to waste your time with it. You don't want to fool yourself by filling your pipeline with these opportunities that aren't real. Salespeople, I think, tend to not want to do that for obvious reasons. It's hard to go find new opportunities. And hey, what this person's talking to me all the time, I, you know, but yeah, but they're never going to buy. So qualify it out and, and move on. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, sales leadership and sales operations, right, they think at the macro of conversion rates and pipeline, but to your point, it's it's as if every salesperson needs to know their own funnel, right, and understand where their opportunities are breaking down routinely so that they can, you know, figure out where to filter some of those out earlier or figure out how to advance them that are stuck. Therein lies, I think, you know, going back to the very beginning when we talk about process and that's why it's important to have that that multi-stage, multi-step process, because if you have a, a well-defined process that reps follow, you can actually start to analyze where are their opportunities failing to convert from stage two to three, three to four. And you can look at average conversion. And if a rep is falling below that average, you can maybe zero in on that and say, well, maybe what, what aren't you doing here? Or what are things that you should be doing here that you're not? And that's where the specific focused enablement comes in handy. Maybe they need help on you know, negotiating past this stage, or may, maybe they need help bringing in a subject matter expert where it's necessary and they're not doing certain things. So that's the beauty of a really tight sales process. Expanding on this a little bit, what's your favorite story of helping unstick a deal? Either when you were, you know, a rep way back when, or even now? Sometimes salespeople don't typically like to bring, you know, executives from their own side into an opportunity. For whatever reason, maybe it's a control thing, you know, maybe they don't want to be exposed, you know, but whenever a deal gets stuck, sometimes just having some sort of executive level presence and executive level relationship reaching out 
to appear at the company can help. Now, again, you have to do that carefully, but a lot of times you can determine whether an opportunity is real or not, because if it's sticking, it's usually for a reason. The champion or the coach doesn't have the juice to get it through. Maybe there's conflicting priorities. And so bringing in a higher level can really help. I'll give you a quick example. We were working on a deal. I got a chance to go to a marketing event and I met the CMO and we shook hands and we were in a sales cycle talking to the lower level operations people and we got stuck. And because of that one brief meeting I had with that CMO, four months down the line, when we were stuck, I was able to reach out to her and let her know the situation. Had I not made that relationship and had that one little brief meeting, it would have been one of those awkward, hi, CMO, I'm Steve DeMarco, CRO of Lean Data. You don't know me, but we're trying to work. It would have been very awkward. But because I got to meet her, it was very easy. She helped us out right away. Use the team, use executive relationships, because that can help you unstick a deal. If people want to learn more about Lean Data or want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Go right to our website. Uh, you could certainly email me, steve.demarco at leandatainc, L-E-A-N-D-A-T-A-I-N-C.com. Happy to talk to people about you know what we do for many, many companies to help them just optimize the whole and automate the whole revenue operations chain and, and really orchestrate those assets. Once again, I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Laura Hall is our executive producer. Our artwork is by Greg Klingshern. This episode was edited by Peter Lopinto. Subscribe to us on your favorite app to learn more immediately actionable best practices from our awesome guests. Thanks for listening to the Hey Salespeople podcast.